but we just kind of wanted to try this wanted to experiment and flex as jake said flex this creative muscle Welcome to this podcast is not for you. Uh, this is a brand new podcast we are starting. Uh, my name is Wes. We've got Peyton here. Hi. And Jake. Hello. We're starting this podcast for a lot of different reasons, but we're going to get into those here in a second. But to start off, we're going to have just a little bit of introduction of who each of us are. Uh, I'll start with me. My name is Wes Walker, uh, born in Wichita, Kansas, raised in Joplin and Carl Junction, Missouri, and been a lot of different places. I've lived in California for the last six years. Uh, I studied film production in school. I love film, filmmaking, writing, play drums, guitar, and love creating music as well, even though it might not be a first passion of mine. But yeah, that's a little bit who I am. Hi, I am Peyton Walker. I happen to be Wesley's brother, his younger brother, three years younger than Wes. I majored in marketing and graphic design in college, and I play music most of the time. Most of my time is taken up by writing music. I uh, play guitar mostly. I came out with a record this year, a full record this year. It's called Two and Beyond, and I'm working on a solo version of that same record uh, and writing a second record at the same time. I also develop film in my spare time, uh, black and white film, color film, uh, just for fun as a hobby. Uh, and that's it for me. Yay! Uh, I'm Jake. So, um, I was born in Joplin, went to Carl Junction High School with these two gentlemen sitting across from me right now. I also am a musician. I'm in the band Me Like Bees, so when global pandemics aren't, you know, affecting everyone's life, I spend probably three, four months of the year on the road, cumulative tour dates. Uh, with me like bees, and I also part-time as a barista at the hottest local coffee shop in town, Bearded Lady Roasters. Um, so that's, I can really flex my creative muscle there, coming up with menu items, working on our, um, like our web store and our site and our menu and stuff like that. I do that, and I also do some graphic design for the band and uh, market most of our tours and our projects and stuff like that. So yeah, that's, I would say that's, who I am and what I do. Um, we could talk about our pasts all day, but that's presently who I am and how I spend my time. So, Yeah. And why we want to do this podcast, the, the title obviously is Creating in a Small Town. We've all grown up in the same town. We went to high school together. We played basketball as kids on the same team. Might've been a baseball team in there that we were all on at one point in time. I don't know why you were on it because you were younger than both of us, Peyton. But yeah, we we want to do this podcast kind of for the same reasons that we do anything else that we create. It's something that interested us. Uh, one of the reasons we have the title of this podcast is not for you is we don't really care too much if people listen to it. Uh, we wanted to do this because we wanted to do it. We have conversations like we're going to have today and upcoming podcast episodes that we have in mind. Uh, we have these conversations a lot of times anyways. We were literally just having one before this all started and we got the equipment for free and we were like, you know what, let's try recording and creating a podcast just because it would be fun and it's a new endeavor, something that we haven't done before. I, I love listening to podcasts. I know, I know Peyton listens to a lot of them too, but Jake, do you listen to podcasts at all? Fun fact is I hate podcasts more than anything else. So uh, if you're listening, that is insane to me. And thank you for some reason. Why are you listening? Um, but yeah, I hate them. So Yeah. And we also know there's a, a billion of them. Yes, so yeah. we are not anticipating like necessarily cutting through all of that noise, but we just kind of wanted to try this. Wanted to experiment and flex, as Jake said, flex this creative muscle that we have and talk about things that interest us and how we have maybe a unique perspective in some ways. I know everybody has a unique perspective to them, but um, yeah, that's kind of why we wanted to do this podcast and now we can kind of jump into the topic at hand creating in a small town yeah and that's um when i thought of this episode topic as we were kind of like wes has said he has lived in california for you know the last six years i think i really wanted to talk about uh and and you know him and his wife are 
currently, you know, looking at moving back and, um, it's not for sure. And maybe by the time this comes out, it is for sure or whatever. But right now I just wanted to talk about, um, Wes's life experience first, um, kind of what gives us that unique perspective as individuals. And I think, uh, creating in a small town like Joplin, Missouri, which, you know, some people call it small and, you know, my dad's graduating class had 12 people in it. So that's a small town, you know, but, uh, in the grand scheme of like creative hubs, Joplin for sure is a small town, but there are a lot of opportunities here. A lot of people doing a lot of really cool things here. And I wanted to talk about, you know, differences that you've seen here, uh, Wes, and what you learned living in, uh, the greater Los Angeles area. And what do you think that, uh, brings to, you know, this area if you do end up, you know, moving back and, um. Stuff like that, you know. I just want people to to know about someone that you, everyone here yeah. has these huge dreams. I wanna, I wanna leave, and I wanna go do this, and I wanna, and they, and they have, you know, ways they think it'll go in their head. And you're it's a typical someone that dream. did it, yeah. You know, and, and um, I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit. Too, sure. So. Yeah, I uh, have always loved filmmaking and movies. I fell in love with it seeing Saving Private Ryan for the first time when I was like 12, debatably too young to see that movie, but um, it really impacted me. I've always been a history fan, so I think seeing the two things that I, that I really liked come together in one thing, I was it was eye-opening. I was like, oh, you can make a movie that means something and is important and tells a historical event and helps people relate to it. So I went to college at Missouri State in Springfield, Missouri, studied film production there, met a lot of really great people, mostly from the St. Louis area. But uh, after college, and I made a short film in college. Lee and Borden? No, that was after, actually. Oh, I, I worked on a, a short with people from Missouri State in St. Louis called Lizzie Borden Took an Axe, I believe it's called, or Lizzie Borden Had an Axe. There's so many projects he doesn't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> <of that. laughs> um, but when I was in college, I directed a short film called Cousins, and um, I was really proud of it in a lot of ways, but we got freshman sound designers recording sound. Nothing against them. It's not their fault, but... It makes sense, though, they, to do it that way, don't you think? Mm, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, but, like, so we had to... ADR, which means additional dialogue recording, that we had to dub essentially all of the dialogue for a dialogue-heavy short. Like, it was two people in a room talking, and the one thing we didn't have good quality of is them talking. Mm. Um, Yeah, so all almost all of that sound is is dubbed over. So the quality of it, when you watch it, I mean, they always say audio is 50% of a film, which is absolutely true. If you have bad sound in a movie... It's not going to do well. Um, So, yeah, after college, I did that. I wanted, I've always wanted to live in California because our Peyton and I's grandparents lived there. We visited there a lot when we were kids. And we always wanted to live, I always wanted to live in Southern California. I moved out there in 2014. I think it was 2014, November 2014. Um, Yeah, I think it was 2014. Uh, Jake helped me move out there. We drove cross country, went to the Payton Desert, and then saw Interstellar. Uh, whenever we got we to have an episode about yep. a couple apps, yeah. So moved out there. Uh, started trying to find some film work. I was living in Orange County, and for those of you that don't know, Orange County is probably an hour fifteen drive with no traffic to Los Angeles itself it's not nearly as close as you'd think it is but um in traffic which i'll get to in a second but in traffic it's like at least an hour 45 to get anywhere around the city of los angeles um but i lived in orange county and i worked for a pbs show in costa mesa called road trip nation it's a documentary series that's been going for a long time um, I worked there for a summer as like a post-production intern editor. I kind of cut together interviews for the editors to then pull from later. Um, worked there for a summer. Um, didn't really find anything else for a while. And then I moved, 
or I, uh, I moved back here for about six months to save up money so I could go on a trip to Europe. And I went and worked at a camp there in Europe called uh, American Village, taught English to French kids, which was a new like avenue of creativity. Like working with kids is you have to be creative. You have to kind of like be a kid. And um, it's something I fell in love with doing is like working with kids and um, being in a camp setting. So when I moved back, I worked at a camp called Thousand Pines, which I am still uh, working at at the moment. Um, I've worked there now four years and I do outdoor education, teach fifth and sixth grade science in a camp setting. Um, but, uh, last year I kind of stepped away from it for a little bit and tried to get back into doing filmmaking stuff. Um, I, a good friend of mine who I went to college with, he's kind of a writing partner. We've written probably three or four full length scripts together. Um, we, he worked for Disney Digital, uh, which is kind of their internet wing. Um, I think they've kind of been folded into Disney Plus now, but um, I worked there for uh, a while just on random. I probably worked on like seven or eight projects over the course of a number of months for that year um, and worked there as a PA, did some production coordinating work with Kevin, which is what he was there. And, um, and then after that, I was like, I mean, that was an hour 45 minimum commute every day to get to Disney from where I was living in Orange County. I had met who's now my wife at that point, And, um, I just did not enjoy that. It was a slog. Being a PA is a thankless job and you are at the bottom of the totem pole. There are great people that work in the industry, um, and especially in a smaller, a smaller like division of Disney, it wasn't too bad. But even that was like rough at times and not fun. I spent Kevin and I spent like four hours one day cutting gumballs in half. Like that was my job for a day was cutting gumballs in half for. A, uh, a gingerbread house version of the house from up. It was a weird thing to think about that I got paid to do. But um, I I got a full-time position back at Thousand Pines and worked there this past year. But the longer we've been there, the more I've just thought like I'm being, I've been less creative there working in the industry than I could be on my own or with, friends back here. So I've, I've really, we really wanted to come back for a myriad of reasons. There's really a ton of them that my wife and I want to move back here. A lot of it has to do with friends, um, uh, people like Peyton and Jake and, um, our other friends. I was in a band for a long time called Goodbye Majesty with our friends Jay and Alex and, um, being back around those guys and probably going to play music with them again at some point. Like, that is a big appeal as well as just like the speed of life is so much easier here than in California. Like we live up in the mountains and it's still like going down the mountain is a pain in the butt. So being back here is just so much easier. And I've really learned like in an industry, like a creative industry, it's really difficult to actually be creative I was going to ask you is, did it seem like most of the jobs, I mean, I know the jobs that you've had haven't directly dealt with making videos or working in, in production as much as you would want. Do you think the majority of jobs in those in Disney or in, um, you know, a documentary series have less to do with the actual making of absolutely the it's, thing than it's more just grunt work. Like right, yeah, I mean, the you've creative got a degree in digital film production, and you're I'm getting coffee for people, right? You know, and if the the actual number of creative jobs in the film industry is incredibly small, like you think about a film production has two hundred something people, really the creative ones are the heads of all of the departments. There is creativity in. I'm not saying the the lower people aren't creative people; they absolutely right. are they don't have a job that requires 
creativity most of the time. Electrical guys are moving making equipment, sure everything's working, making sure everything's working. In the costume department, you might be sewing something, but you didn't design it. You didn't create it. Um, well, like, I mean, I don't need a bachelor's degree to cut gumballs in half. Absolutely. Exa- you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like... Like spent however many thousands of dollars on a, yeah. on a degree. To a certain extent, I get it. You have to start somewhere. Like, yeah. If There's a ladder, right. but it's a hard ladder to climb. Sure. I could work as a PA you, for 10 years and not get a promotion. How do you show somebody you're creative when that's your job? When your job is to do what you're told and to do something that doesn't show creativity. You have to go another route. You have to try and do it on your own. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, Kevin is a super creative dude. He he just wrote a script that he's trying. He's tell, in the process of getting sold. Can you tell everyone who Kevin is? He's your writing partner. He's my writing partner. He's a guy named Kevin Shabel. He, uh, I went to college with him. He's from St. Louis. He's a great guy. He lives in, he lives in LA. Uh, he and I have been buddies ever since college. We bonded over Wolf Mother and the Arctic Monkeys because um, I saw a sticker on his laptop. And he... That's uh, why you put stickers on your laptop. Why, yes. Yep. Yes. That's we how you stickers bond. stickers on our website. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, For laptops only. But he and I met in college. He ended up producing my short film that I directed um, our senior year. Or maybe, was it junior year or senior year? I can't remember. But it was one of those two. He produced that. And uh, we've just been in contact. He reached out to me one time in college. like, hey, do you want to write this script with me? And ever since then, we've written, I want to say four scripts together. I could be wrong on that. But um, like Kevin's a great guy. He was a production coordinator at Disney. He's worked on a bunch of different stuff. He worked on... A few movies. He worked on Glow on Netflix. Sonic. Um, he worked uh, on the Sonic movie, I th- right? I think so. He definitely worked on Geostorm. I remember him working on Geostorm. But um, he is a super creative guy, but his jobs have not been creative. He's been a production coordinator right. or a producer. But yeah, he's a super creative guy. He's had a lot of jobs working on a lot of cool stuff. But the roles he's had are not the roles he wants eventually. It's all climbing a ladder, but he's been doing it ever since he moved to LA. And some people are completely and totally happy doing that, which is great. Like, um, yeah, also the industry needs people like that. Yeah, absolutely. For to run. Um, and he's good at what he does in those roles. I don't think he hates any of those jobs really. Maybe some of them, I don't want to speak for him, but he's having to go another Avenue to try and get something he is creating made. He's got to go independent. That's really tough. The publishing company of the book he was trying to adapt and just so happened to be able to get meetings mm-hmm. and and get something moving. Like 90% of the time that does not happen. You try and call, they shut you down because why, why would they care? They've got a billion things going on. So yeah, that kind of thing is just not for me, especially getting married and eventually wanting to start a family. My wife lived in the Valley in LA for years ever since she was like 12 or 13 like she doesn't want to be there anymore i want to i don't want to be i don't want to work up in that industry because it's really hard work in lots of hours and i would rather try and create something on my own here in a place that's easier to live in and has a has a good group of uh, creative people here than try and just like grind up the ladder well, that's the thing is, I think, yeah, it's probably tough to do it independently and have a have some kind of production quality that you want. If you've got, you know, especially with film, because film just costs so much. Yeah, to if do. you want to do a big movie, then you kind of have to be out there and you need more people. But the good thing now is, especially with music, you can do pretty much anything you want by yourself mm-hmm. at home. Which I think might transition us well into talking about yeah, your stuff. Pate. Yeah, like, Pate. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your life experience as well. Um, you know, I mean, you could go as far back as you want, obviously, but because um, I know you were big into like CAD and graphic design in high school, and you know that's just sure. what so happened to be what you did in college too. But um, yeah, just talk a little bit about 
what you've loved about living here and creating here and, and, you know, um, environments that you thrive in, you know, things you've found helpful and not. Well, I spent most of my time, uh, playing sports growing up. I didn't really have a lot of creating or, uh, a creative realm or an art realm. And that was kind of through Wes mostly is, um, that's how we kind of bonded and became, uh, friends as well as being brothers. Um, we bonded creatively over movies and, and music. He got me into angels and airways and blink 182. And that kind of launched me into, into the music world. Um, and, uh, it took a while for me to get my own, uh, want and desire to be creative. So I've really only been making things and thinking about writing and, and, um, learning guitar for a couple years now, ever since college, ever since I graduated, uh, four years ago is kind of where I started, um, started creating, but this was always, Joplin was always home. So I never really saw it as like a final destination. I think that's natural growing up. You never think you're going to stay in an area, um, for, for your whole life, but it's really, I've really fallen into having some pride in living here. Um, I'm getting more and more to, I'm trying to get more involved in, uh, in downtown area and, and knowing people and finding places where I can play music. Well, can I and, ask you, cause, and this is, I didn't really comment on this. We, but we heard it, enough. It, from it, you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done about me. I want to ask, cause I've, I felt this growing up too. I feel like you feel like in a town like Joplin or Carl Junction, it's kind of built in or like you think that you can't do the things that you really want to do here because there's maybe not the avenues for it. Like if I wanted to direct a feature length film, sure. I would probably have to live in LA unless I, or you a know, metropolitan area. or a metropolitan area. Yeah. yeah. Do you, have you felt, did you feel when you were younger that, this couldn't be the final destination if you wanted to do X, Y, or Z. I feel like it's a good I question felt for like you in too, high school, Jake. And I feel like now I think the biggest deterrent for doing things like that is not whether you have the opportunities here. It's getting people to pay attention to it because mm-hmm. the culture is not set up for most people know who you are here. Yeah. If, like if you grew up here, someone at least knows of you like by name or through a relative or through a friend or you we've know, been back here I, visiting for like two weeks. I've seen like seven people I know. And just I in think passing. that's hard to break through as a creative person with a, a voice that you want to be unique is people will always see you as the junior high kid that they met once at the movie theater or, you know, uh, the, it's hard to make things for people or with people that you know intimately. Um, or at least, I don't know. I think it's the familiarity of being in the area makes it hard to uh, make things that people want to pay attention to, I guess. That's that's the big downside, I think, for small town. And we say small town. Joplin's 50,000 people. It's, yeah. it's a decent, it's like a small city, you know, now. Yeah, I mean, I think what the, what do you call it when the population combined with its surrounding population uh, because when you add metropolitan area, yeah, because when right? you add CJ, Web City, Carthage, Neosho, it's like easily a hundred thousand. Yeah, you know, and so, everyone but, goes everywhere. Everyone goes to Web City. Everyone yeah. goes yeah. to Joplin. You know, um, it's it's it feels like one big yeah. area. So, what made you transition from in terms of back to your life experience? What made you kind of transition from sports to like what was it? You need it was. Um, I think it was a slow. It was a glacial movement that kind of. Uh, it ended when baseball ended and I was done my senior year with Which baseball. you played in college. I did. I played at Missouri Southern. And Living legend right here. I had here. a good four years at Missouri Southern. It was a lot of fun. He had a great four years. I was there when he broke the record. So anyway, yeah. So after that, um, were you like, um, were you looking for like, uh, to be part of something again, you know, cause uh, some with sports, that's what you get, right? It's like, sure. you know, I'm around these people. We're in the trenches, quote unquote, you know, we're yeah. um, working for something. Is that what you were kind of looking for? Or were you just looking for an outlet to, um, you know? Yeah. And what's interesting about sports for me is I was never, 
Um, I always felt like I was kind of on my own. I mean, I had a couple great friends at Missouri Southern um, that I still talk to today, but there's there wasn't a lot of that for me. I didn't do a lot of the things that the guys on the team did in terms of what they do in their free time. I spent most of my free time watching movies, playing guitar, be already starting planting the seeds of being a creative person. Yeah, who you are now. Um, who I am now was What started, year did you start playing guitar? I started playing guitar... The first time I picked up a guitar was probably high school, but I started learning how to play guitar probably my freshman or sophomore year in college. Okay. You have no idea how many times when I was younger, Peyton would like pick up a guitar and I'd be like, I could teach you how to play something. And he was like, no, <laughs> no, yeah. I don't want, uh, I don't care, man. Just fun. Yeah. And then he's like 10 times better than I am at guitar now, which is not infuriating at all. Yeah. It, it didn't ever really, uh, well, I didn't Click. know I wanted to play guitar yeah. specifically, you know, until then. Um, but I had some things happen in my personal life that really set me to a different course um, than I was headed to. Uh, life basically stopped for a couple years um, and everything kind of changed. A big part of my life is I am a believer in Christ and his story, and I think that um, that I really came back to that aspect of my life, uh, after college. And that kind of led me towards trying to create again, not to go um, into detail, but if that, I mean, we, the three of us know what event we're talking about, Sure, I think, we can but, talk about it. but if that hadn't happened, do you think you would be where you are right now doing creative things like this? No, but I mean, I think that's the case with everybody. If things hadn't happened in their life, they wouldn't be here. I sure. think that's... Um, yeah, everyone has retrospect, but yes, I, to, to sum it up, I was with, I had a girlfriend for eight years in high school and junior high and college, and we broke up at the end of college. And it was kind of a time where it's like, I was literally about to propose to her and it came crashing down at the same time. So you the thing is, when you grow up with someone like that, eight years of your life, the most formative years, probably junior high and high school, you don't really know how to live anymore. So you kind of have to start over. So that's basically what happened. And it just, my heart took me towards putting my feelings in songs yeah. and, and writing them. Uh, and it helped a lot. Music helped a lot. Um, and I'm still making it. It's still the most I feel alive is when I'm writing something. You know, if you you feel like no one's, no one's created this exact moment, you know, um, so that's why I fell in love with creating things. Is it was kind of it was forced on me, but at the same time, I think it was always going to happen, yeah, in one way or right. another. I think if someone has that creative instinct, sometimes it just takes the right inspiration. I I saw, I think it was Dave Chappelle was talking to somebody, and he was like, you know, sometimes when the idea is in the car driving and just it's like, come on, get in. Yeah. That's like the best. Right. He's like, sometimes I'm in the passenger seat, sometimes I'm in the, in the trunk and the idea is driving. But if I'm driving, there's no idea in the car. What's the point? There's right. no idea. Yeah. So I think anyone you have to feel forced to make something I like think. the idea or the inspiration, I think has to be right in order to create anything. If you're like, I should create something that's never the right um, motivation, right? You know, yeah. So Jake, yeah, Jacob, it's your turn. Hi, your turn, friend. Jake, let's talk a little bit about. I'm just kidding. Good, right? <laughs> right. Intro yourself. Oh, uh, so to talk about my life experience, um, I I'll just keep it short. Um, I walkers are too long winded. I'm sorry. I I just um, I mean, I took guitar lessons in junior high. My parents were dropping me off and picking me up, you know, and I quit after like two years, maybe a year and a half. And I was like, this is cool, but I'm more into like the percussion side of things, the way that a song like can move in the sense that like frequency wise, you know, like if, you know, the like a, a freaking 808 kick, you know, or something, I was really into that just the way that it could, you know, actually you could feel, feel it. Um, and that got me into like hip hop and rap. And so, um, 
you know, as a very naive high schooler, I was like, you don't need instruments to make rap music. So I quit lessons, you know, and, um, just got a little, little keyboard and, um, free software and, uh, made a record in high school with my, with two of my really good friends for a business project, which is looking back is so like, it's so like, um, what do you call it? Uh, telling of where my life was headed. Oh was, yeah. It's like, like making a product to sell. And then I was kind of using like my status and my friends to sell that product. And it was like, that's what got me into it, which is just really funny to think about. Um, but yeah, so I did that. And then when I got into college, I went to Ozark Christian college here in town. And, um, but prior to that, actually I was planning on moving to Springfield and doing something similar to Wes studying like music or film. And I just went to, you know, like a CIY event and I felt like, uh, God wanted me to stay here. And I played basketball at Ozark and, uh, got serious about like my faith and my music and, um, shoot, I can't even remember. I think I put out, uh, two EPs and one record while I was in college, uh, rap music. And, uh, really love that. I love, I, I just feel like if you're gonna, the beautiful thing about music specifically is that it, it's cemented. It's once, once you put it out, it will, it will outlive you, you know? And, um, if you're going to do that, you need to say things that matter. And that's what I've always really, really tried hard to do. And, uh, I, I did that and I put out another, I think I put out two EPs in a record. And then when I graduated, I put out, um, another record called Verses, which I'm really, really proud of. Uh, depending on who you ask, it was unsuccessful. Followed that record up with an EP about that super meta. I know. I don't know why I do that. Cause the market for that is four people. Yeah. You know, oh, I get what failure very, in a creative, <laughs> very niche. Yeah. So I did that. Um, and then I am in the middle of a record kind of, I'm putting it out in parts. I made the first part with a couple of friends called music is fun. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I've been and, um, uh, stayed here. I, I'm in me like bees as well. Uh, that's probably the most successful thing I'm a part of. I mean, we, uh, they've been a band for, you know, they date it when they started, which I think is off the record. I think it's ridiculous, but on the record, I completely agree. But I think, you, you know, you start when you put your first thing out. Yes, you're a band before that, but you're just like, as far as everyone else is concerned, you're just getting together and jamming, right? So they put out their first record, The Ides, in 2013, um, so they've, you know, they were around for three years, probably before I met any of them. And then, um, they just, yeah, they, they let me bum around them and I, didn't they put some songs out before the Ides? Yeah. They put out an untitled EP, okay. um, just recorded at Pete's house. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but that, I remember seeing the Ides in vintage stock mm-hmm. whenever I was working there and, hearing the name me like bees and i was like who where'd they come from and yeah. then like cut to like three years later and you're telling me about how they're touring yeah. and playing big pretty big shows and stuff like that yeah. and they seem to just grow and yeah it's 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 crazy um how like stuff works out because i was just like merching it and selling merch for him and kind of doing like managing stuff on the road as they were on tour for probably two, three years, I think. And then, you know, Luke called me one day and was like, Hey, our bass player quit. He dropped all the gear off at my house. We have 15 shows that he agreed to. And I was like, haha, I play bass at church. And he's like, all right, come over if you want to learn a few songs and we'll see how it goes. And, um, you know, I learning about the backdoor meetings that led to me joining the band. It's just like, so it's such a, good example of how it's so out of your hands at some point. Um, cause Luke, I mean, he straight up told me, he was like, I didn't want you in the band and I'm probably the best. Luke's the one I know best out of anyone, you know, prior to joining. He's like, I didn't want you in the band. We had 50 other bass players that were better than you, you know, and, and come to find out that Pete, who's like super reclusive, very standoffish, not that he's mean or anything. He's just, you know, he has his friends and he has his hobbies and that's what he knows and that's what he likes. And that's fine. Um, but come to find out, you know, Pete's fighting for me. He's like, you know, 
he's traveled with us. We know we can trust him. We know he's going to work hard. We know he already buys into us, you know, and, um, that's, that's such a great segue to like the next thing I want to talk about is like, what is, what can be super helpful with creating in a small town? And I guess my biggest point that I wanted to start off that section with is you, you're working with people that you know. Yeah. And yes, that has its downsides, but you're also working with people that you trust and you're also working with people that you believe in more than anything. You know, I can yeah. look around there. I can look at both of you and I can say, I have four examples of both of you really, really giving me your time and your effort when you didn't have to, you know? And it's like, that's, it's not, you're not cutting up gumballs for Joe Schmo. Yeah. You're cutting up gumballs for me in right. a sense, you know? And it's yeah. like that. You should get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> you're cutting I'd, gumballs cut, I'd cut your gumballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, and that's the biggest thing I've found helpful of, you know, and I get to travel the country and I get to tour LA and I get to tour Chicago and I get to tour New York. And it's like that the hub here, that's what I love about it is you can, I literally called it. I had to, we had to release a product yesterday, like me, like bees. We just put out like bandanas and I was like, Oh, it'd be so cool. Um, to have Natty, my, one of my really, really good friends, uh, be one of the models he wears, he's, he's, he's mixed. He's got a big Afro. He usually ties a bandana around his Afro. And I was like, it's perfect. Let me just Called him up. He lives three blocks away. He's like, yeah, I'll be over in five minutes. Boom. I just, didn't have to pay him. That, yes. Friend. That yeah. happened in 10 minutes, yeah. you know? And it's like, um, if LA, if I did that in LA, hey, Wes, can you come over to this? Yeah, but it would take me an hour and a 15 to get there. Yeah. I got this in two hours, which means I need to leave in everyone, five minutes. Everyone you ask at some level, even if you didn't know them, would be like, what can I get out of it? That, exactly. That there's... In a bigger city, especially when so many people there are industry driven and personal career driven, they they make relationships based on what they can get out of it. Because mm. sure. it's competition. Steph, my wife like, Steph, yeah. growing up there, it's one thing she hates about Los Angeles is she said she one time went to this party uh, with people in the valley that she grew up with or went to high school with or something. And um, someone was like, why are you here? And she's like, what do you mean? And they go, what are you getting out of this? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm, I, they just didn't I have friends here. Bush, I'm, huh? I'm, I'm getting, didn't even register. I'm hanging she would out. just be there for yeah, social activity. They're, and they're all people that want to be in the industry. Sure. They're, they're wanting to be writers and directors and yeah. all that stuff. And it's like, well, what? And the guy was like perplexed. He's like, "Huh? Oh, okay. I guess you're Have just here fun. to hang out." Like, <laughs> wow. which is so bizarre. It's so sad. Yeah, like here, we just hang out to hang out. Like yeah. half the time, the things that we do are just so we can hang out with each other. Sure. You know, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, we're making this podcast because we just like hanging out together. Yeah, and um, there's no ulterior motive in a place like this really because everyone is everyone's friends. on each other's team especially yeah. creatively i think too yeah no one wants you to fail in a bigger city people want you to fail so they don't fail right because it, it, it there's a limited number of spots sure. here there's not a limited number of spots yeah like uh there's less and there's, there's bands less that opportunities play. probably for creative like to play a show for me like these. sure there's less places they could go probably right but because me like bees is, is having success it's good for every other artist mm -hmm. in the town yeah and and i've seen here like bands that mix like sure uh we have a, a friend named sean who's in a band called sardis and there were shows that my band goodbye majesty played where our bass player jay was living in chicago at the time going to college so we were like Sean, could you come in and play bass? Sean is not a bass player. He plays guitar. He's an incredibly talented guitarist. Mm -hmm. He came in and played shows for us on bass. He didn't want anything out of it. He was just like, yeah, I'll play bass for you guys. Yeah. And uh, Alex and Jay have played for you, Peyton, on sure. live shows. Alex and Hopefully. Jay and Peyton have played for me. I, play, I played yeah. for you, you too, Jake. You played for like, me. I uh, played for Goomash. Like, yeah. So. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot you also played. Yeah. Like, it's just this... 
incestuous is a bad word, but like uh, yeah, intermixing um, <laughs> this cesspool of creativity in a good way. Like people just work with each other because someone needs it, you know? Like, yeah, yeah do either of you have um, like someone you want to like tell a story about where that did happen to you? Or, I mean, I guess you just mentioned like yeah. four of them. I don't but... have as much because I haven't been making stuff as long as you have Jake. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of, those are the two different, that's what makes us different. I think is I'm kind of on the start end of making things and Jake's been making things for a long time in, in Joplin. So I don't have a great story mm. about somebody locally, but well, I mean like when you and I were in high school together, Jake, we were in video productions class together and I had been in it already for a year. And the teacher, Mr. Truen, who is like amazing, he, trusted me to go out and just make videos because I think he knew it was a chance for me to learn something on my own and be creative and figure out how to do something because he couldn't teach me how to make a short film. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. that's not his skill set, but he understood I could go out and learn it. But whenever you came into video productions, Jake, we started creating stuff together. Like, I had weird ideas and I weird mean, short films. weird film. ones. Some... <laughs> Ones that do not work, that yeah. are not good. You got to find the boundary, though. You got to find. Yeah. Sure, we were we were over. learning how to do something. Yeah. Um. It wasn't about whether it was necessarily good or not, but we were learning how to create. Yeah. Something and learn an art form. Yeah. And a and a skill set. And it's well. I'll say one thing. I'll say the All opportunity. Right, you get one. Okay. The opportunity. Only one thing. The one thing I have. Uh. I mean, I, I went on Be ready tour. to cut him off, Jake. Okay. I, I just went on... He's one, on his own I went, track, too. <laughs> I went on one tour with Me Like Bees while Jake... Jake ha, had been playing bass for... I think he'd been in the band for a year, maybe a little less than that. And I went on one tour with Me Like Bees because I was going to run their merch and stuff. Uh, and they let... I had no music out. I had mm. played maybe one or two times in front of people ever. And they put me in front of they let me open for them three times on yeah. tour which there's no re they never they gave me money for it they there's no reason they should have done that but they did um just because they liked being around me and i i think there's a we lot. had a huge blowout on that tour in joplin i'm looking at it right now you know it's like yeah we had a huge show here in town right pay opened it up and you know 200 people right i think but that, again, they're still letting people in the door when you yeah, started that's what's what crazy that does, i think more than anything is it makes me want to keep it gives me like some kind of confidence you know and yeah. i think that's what if you give people an opportunity i think they can surprise you or at least it'll keep make keep making them make stuff you know yeah and, um yeah i that is interesting that you say that because it's like just the you can have I think to to be someone who creates and puts stuff out, I think on some level, and this is an area where like me and my girlfriend like severely disagree, but I always say that you have to be on some level narcissistic or because you have to say what I'm doing is worth you listening, watching. That's sure. why I'm putting it out on some level, right? And so I think just the idea of someone else also willing to put their time and their energy into it them saying it's also good and they believe in it, that is like, it does give you confidence. Either, you know, that you're on the right track or that you're doing something good or the quality is there, you know? And so I think that's interesting that you say that because I have like, I just have a, I'll just pick one. Um, I'll pick two actually. Uh, so like uh, for the Versus release show, uh, it's like a, I wanted it to be more than a show. Um, and, you know, one of my ideas was to, to transform the entire venue or using the back room at a local coffee shop, Joplin Ave, um, take all the furniture out. I want it to be the only way it will be set up is for this show, this right here. So I had, you know, I had a whole flower wall cause that kind of fit the aesthetic of the rap album I was making, which is hilarious. But so it, it was a whole flower wall dedicated to, I had a neon sign made up. It's right in the middle of it. You could take pictures of it. It's sort of a pseudo photo booth at the show. And my friend Molly Crayling, um, she made the entire wall. And then it was like, it was a wall. It was like 10 by 10 of fabric. She put individual flowers on yeah. the entire thing, you know. And that's something that I didn't have the time to do 
because I'm putting the rest of the stuff together. But I thought, hey, this is what I'm thinking. She said, yes, I'll do it. You know, and it's like the only recognition she got was me saying it on stage that night and right now, yeah. three years later, you know, and so she just wanted to do it and that was huge. And another one more recently is Pate. Pate shot the the lyric or the music video for um, the single off of my latest EP. And, you know, I we did a few takes, but it was like, I trusted you to do it, you know, with just a couple days, uh, probably a week or half, week or half, week and a half, two weeks notice. Um, but I trusted you to just be able to show up. Hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. Here's my gear. I know you can do it, you know, and, and that whole project involved seven other people, yeah. you know, and that's what I love about being here. And now the downside of that, which we could go into the next thing is, um, cautionary tales. The downside of knowing everyone, the downside of being so intertwined is that, you know, people can take certain things that you didn't mean personal or, you know, so what do you guys think about that? Because I have a million stories, you know? Oh, sure. Um, Take advantage of friendship. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually helping out with a project or, mm-hmm. or something like that. I mean, I, there's a, when you don't pay, when the money's not usually involved, it's hard to motivate a lot of people yeah. to, I think when it's mostly a doing favors for somebody they don't feel as obligated to follow through. Oh, or for sure. Keep doing it. Definitely. That's even my first thing is, I guess if we're giving advice for creating in a small town now, it'd be, don't be a yes man or woman. Don't know? just say yes to, to do it because, and that's the hard thing too. Like if people are going to rely on you if you say yes. Yes. And, and especially if it's their like creative endeavor. Like, yeah, I remember, I'll never forget. I guess I kind of forgot, but I'll never forget the sentiment. <laughs> I'll Pate, never forget. Pate put um, on his Instagram when he posted about shooting the video. He said, uh, you're always stepping on hollow ground when someone else asks you to work on one of their projects. And I think if everyone viewed it that way, they wouldn't be so yes oriented because you want to say yes because they're your friends, but you don't think about the time commitment it'll take. So I I guess I would say that would be my first thing. And it's never as important to them as it is to you. For sure. Like if I were to try and direct an independent film here, like put together a project, the hardest thing hands down would be getting people to buy into it Mm -hmm. and take it seriously because it I'm going to take it seriously. I can't be the only one, especially with film. Like making music, you could theoretically be the only one taking it seriously while making it. Like, I mean, you're not in a band. Like, I I don't have anybody playing with me usually. Right. Sometimes Alex and Jay or whoever, I might get some guys to play with me to play them live, but no one did anything on my record except me. Right. I mean, making a film is inherently a collaborative thing. Everyone always like point, oh, that guy directed the movie. But like 200 people work on uh, even independent film a lot of times. There's big crews, you know, like the sheer, I mean, you look at the end credits of like an Avengers movie. It's like the entire you phone book to, of the I mean, United States. You have to States. watch them all because there's more. I watch every single credit. Um, there's more at the end. And they're all digital artists. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The visual effects artists are like, it's literally the entire phone book of Los Angeles. Um, but... Like, it's a small city that makes a film. The director has to rely on people that are committed. And and in a small town, one thing that's a challenge is, like, getting people to be committed. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I could trust you and you and Alex and Jay and uh, Zach and mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of people to buy in and, and help support me. But, like, the second you start going out of a tight inner circle, you're going to have people who are like, oh yeah, sure. And also the tendency in a small town is to just be nice and be like, absolutely. Yeah. I can help you out with that. Um, even if it's not sincere, yeah. people put sure. on a nice face because it's small town. And one thing I was going to say is like one positive in a small town is like the three of us are all incredibly strong in our faith. We're Christian, Christian guys. We live in a largely Christian community people that are Christian are going to inherently care more. If their faith is important to them, they're going to care more about other people and, Mm -hmm. and seeing them do well. So 
one reason I think there's less ulterior motives in a place like this is because of that. But at the same time, the flip side of that is a Christian person is more inherently going to say yes because they want to be nice and kind and some and appear caring. I'm not saying it's like two-faced or anything like that. It could inherently be genuine, but they're going to try to help even if they're not really committed, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, because that's maybe what they feel like they should do. Um, and that's a blind spot that I think people have. It's hard to put yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah. So to say yes to something, not really understanding how important it is. Like, mm-hmm. if I didn't know you, Jake, and you asked me to shoot your music video or something, I if I didn't know how much you cared about what you were doing, it's hard for me to put myself in. We've had tons of conversations about how much we care about what we are creating. Yeah. Um, if I didn't know you and I hadn't had those conversations, it would be really hard for me to really put into perspective how important it is that I take it seriously. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I think one cautionary tale, so to speak of like, Um, I have always felt bad about this, but it's something that can happen if people don't really understand. And since this, uh, my buddy Patrick and I have reconciled, we reconciled very soon. Oh, we've got a story. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, I was shooting my short film in college. I was directing it and- Cousins. Cousins. And- Is is Patrick and Devery, or Patrick and Devery in that one? No. They're in a different one. That's a different short. That's like a real short. That's like five minutes. Okay. It's called Until Death. Um, but Patrick was my roommate. He was Zach's roommate in college. The three of us um, all lived together. And he, Patrick's the kind of guy that gets real into like a project. Like he'll, he got on this kick of wanting to create sugar glass, like breakable glass. And I was like, oh, I have this scene where we could potentially use it. And um, he spent time making it and creating this sugar glass. And when it came to the day to shoot, we were shooting. And I was like, we don't have time anymore. Like, film shoots go long. They're incredibly complex. We were shooting one where we had, like, a squib. Like, we had this air compressor uh, up to this guy's shoulder and we shot blood everywhere and then a character was supposed to like dive through this window out the and it was a complex thing and we got there to shoot it and we realized like we didn't have time and on set I had to tell Patrick like I have to cut that out and he he like took offense to it like he was personally hurt by it and my my fault was I didn't take the time to sit down with him and explain it I just kind of flippantly was like, we don't have time. We can't do it anymore because I had like my mind on someone said one time, like directing a film is like being pecked to death by a hundred penguins or something. Um, and when you're directing something, you have a bunch of stuff on your mind. You're not just thinking about the scene that you're shooting. You're thinking about how it relates to other, how it connects, where can I shoot this to cut together? Um, does it work? Um, does it look good? All that stuff. And so I didn't have my mind on it on Patrick, how Patrick was feeling. And so it like hurt his feelings that he spent all this time doing it and I had to cut it and I felt bad and he and I talked it through and it was fine. But like, if he was not my friend, I might not have ever known. He might've just been like, Oh, okay, fine. He might not have been personally hurt. Also, Patrick doesn't do film stuff. That's another thing too. Like not knowing that sometimes things get cut he was hurt by it, which I understand, you know, but that's, that's the one story that came to mind whenever yeah. you brought that up is like, be careful working with friends because especially with something as huge as film production, feelings can easily get hurt because tensions are high. Yeah. That's kind of what I was going to say is the two other cautionary tales, quote unquote, I have on here is define your terms. Um, you know, have a clear understanding of expectations. Like when, when you committed to that, quote unquote committed, right? Yeah. He, you know, you should have said, Hey, yeah, if we have time to shoot it and it works out and that that's, those are the expectations, Patrick, you know, and then going forward, you know, so then, um, I shouldn't have expected him to know. Yeah, exactly. Production. Exactly. Cause he's not a filmmaker, you know? Um, and then the other one is just 
which is very similar to what happened. Don't you just you can't negatively talk behind someone's back in a small town. You they will can't. hear about it. Yes, for sure. And and it will always be worse if if they do hear from someone else. I've so many stories of, you know, um, just the environment when I was creating uh, Ozark was terrible. It was so bad. Um, you know, you're sitting in class learning about being Christ-like when these peop- these classmates of yours are, you know, are talking about you on the internet. You could go read it, you know, and you just can't do that because it will always be better if you, you just brought it to them, yeah. you know, and... And that's a um, level of maturity too. Like yeah. college students, high school students, they are, I mean, human beings are petty yeah. and gossipy, but like oh, the hope would be we be mature Christ-like people. And, mm-hmm. and even if you don't like a person, even if you don't like what they do, you don't have to tell them. Yeah, Like that's something the internet has created is like, you got to tell everybody if you hate them, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any sense. But um, like who, who cares if you hate them? Why is that? Yeah. It's not constructive. It's just mean. Yeah. But like, like just don't say anything, yeah. you know, that's like, also, that also works. If you don't, yeah. if you don't like what they're doing, fine. It's yeah. not, it, not everything is going to be for everybody. And they're probably not doing it for you. Yeah, exactly. Just like us. Like, <laughs> I mean, like with me and you, Jake, like I'm not a huge hip hop, hip hop fan. I don't like hip hop either. Hip hop. Yeah, seriously. Nobody likes hip hop. Um, but I'm not a big hip hop guy, but and like but I I see how much you care about what you do and I and I care about you being happy with what you create and I and I enjoy listening to your music yeah. because you're my friend and like you you are expressing yourself creatively. Yeah. You know, like me criticizing anything for your music doesn't make any sense because like i don't know what i'm talking about like i i don't know hip-hop you know i don't it's not it's not my thing but like i wouldn't it wouldn't even occur to me to like bad like yeah jake he does hip-hop but like man did you hear that rhyme scheme on track four like no so overplayed right yeah it's like yeah jake does rap music and he really is passionate about it and i admire that and like even if hip-hop is not my thing i can still do that and like it doesn't mean i have to trash talk you behind your back and i guess i'd say just as importantly if you do enjoy someone someone's work talk about it yeah tell them like yeah that's especially in a small town yeah you gotta support everyone's gotta support each other i think in a small town creatively i think everyone likes hearing that what they're doing has some type of positive impact. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I've always thought about my, my, I go to a church in California called Sandals. It's a big church, 20,000 something people. The main campus is like, I mean, you guys have been there. It's huge. Um, and I've always thought about going up to the pastor just to tell him like, Hey, yeah, yeah. I really admire what you do because you he's know, he's doing, hearing thousands of complaints every week oh, about what absolutely. they don't like. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. pastors getting criticism, a whole other ball of wax, yeah. but, um, but <laughs> Jake writing down episode idea. Um, but like just going up to someone and being like, Hey, what you do is really important and really good. And it impacted me in a positive way. It, people don't want to do that for some reason. It's yeah. easier to be negative, but, um, yeah, I think it's important to share that what someone has done, you've enjoyed it even on even on a minor level. Yeah. Like, um, so let's do that. Like, uh, let's do like creator spotlight. Let's do who do who are a couple people that you guys you know pull from in terms of like inspiration or uh, like who you're trying to emulate in terms of like their style or their impact or their reach. Um, you know, whether that be here in town or in general because obviously if you pull from you know a specific drummer who's not here they're kind of retroactively affecting here yeah because of you you know so um anyone like who do you guys want to like real quick just shout out or i mean in terms of my taste in in creatives my favorite film director is paul thomas anderson i love his films and if i could emulate somebody or like if i would point to a style of film I would want to make it and probably be close to his. Lots of historical stuff, like time period things. 
Um, and I just really admire the the style of film that he makes. Um, in terms of music, uh, drummers that I love, I, uh, John Bonham of Led Zeppelin is incredible. Obviously, um, Travis Barker's phenomenal drummer. Uh, Adam Willard of the original drummer of Angels oh. and Airwaves. Um, Dude, Pate, you should have seen him in, to- did in, you, in concert. Pate, did you go see them at one point? No. Oh, you young. you weren't there. <laughs> How old were you? You were like sixteen seven? and up. Show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, those guys are huge um, for me in terms of my drumming. But yeah, filmmaking wise, Paul Thomas Anderson is a big one. Um, like it's for me, it's really hard to point to anybody else. Like he is so like singular to me i like i connect so much with the films that he makes even the ones that are not my favorites like i just really like his style a lot there will be blood's probably my favorite film okay yeah i was time. gonna say if there's one if you haven't heard of pt anderson what's the movie you go watch there will be blood probably okay. um most people might know boogie nights maybe that was his first big hit um it's not my favorite it's about the porn industry i don't really care about the porn industry yeah. it's not a fun topic to yeah me, but um uh yeah there will be blood the master most recently phantom thread um just a really really great filmmaker um but outside of that i don't i no names are really popping to mind that i could go on forever about filmmakers but what about you pate uh my favorite creator is john frusciante uh he's guys for john guys for john uh he's a hashtag guys for john guitar player and a singer and um He's a solo artist, but he's a probably best known for being in the Red Hot Chili Peppers for for a number of years, who are back together now. John is back with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Thanks for John. Um, which is exciting. But he's my favorite creator. He's spiritual in his lyrics, and he's um, but accessible um, in, his, in his solo stuff. And he's creative in the sense that he does a lot of different things. Um, but he's my favorite. Um, and please... If you've got stuff, throw it in there. And to shout out, continuing to shout out in the creator spotlight, like, um, there, since I moved and, and have been visiting the number of like independent things here and local shops, local businesses, like I haven't been to Bookhouse Cinema yet, but I'm like super excited to go because you guys have been talking about it. Yeah. Like we've only had ever had like one theater in Joplin and the ticket prices are insane. So, uh, having an independent theater, getting movies here that, have not normally been here mm-hmm. is really a cool thing. And I don't know the creators of Bookhouse. I don't know who opened it, but like, that's awesome. Like it's yeah. something that we've always wanted. The coffee shops that have opened here. Mm-hmm. I mean, like in the years that I moved away, whenever I moved away, there wasn't one that I know of. Maybe Joplin, Joplin Ave was there, but yeah. that was it. Yeah. Um, but now there's like five mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so like the number of creative people that aren't just creating I mean, Jake, you can talk more about this. They're not creating for themselves. They're not creating art necessarily, but they're creating stuff for their community. Yeah. So, Jake, I mean, you you work in one of those shops. Yeah. You can talk about that a little bit more. I'd say um, on the creator spotlight, I would, um, yeah, that's something I've been mulling around just like recently. I mean, we're, we're talking weeks recent, you know, just stuff thing I've been thinking about is creating spaces, you know, and creating environments for people. And, you know, I'm on, on my creator spotlight. I, yeah, my, the owner of the shop I work at, Adam Francis, uh, he's been roasting coffee for like eight years and the opportunity to open his own cafe popped up about a year and a half ago. And, you know, he took the jump and, you know, we're constantly in the, we have a group me and it's like, Hey, here's a drink idea. Hey, this customer came in and suggested this. That would be really cool. Or, hey, you know, what if we move the tables, blah, 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 and did this? And so it's like constantly thinking about how we can provide a space for people to use for whatever they, you know, I mean, you have, we have people come in and who knows if they're graphic designers, who knows if they're video editors, who knows if they're musicians mixing their record, you know, and it's like you are providing a space for that. And yeah, another thing is just, you know, Autumn at Joplin Ave, Kurt at Greenhouse, you know, John at Zinc. It's like they want to help you. And, you know, like Cardboard Cafe, Adam was like, you don't have to pay me to use the shop. 
After hours, you don't have to pay me. You want to Come shout out what Cardboard thing. Cafe I'll is? explain what Cardboard Cafe is. Okay. Cardboard Cafe is a... Um, <laughs> it's a group that Jake and a few of his friends have started. Um, it's it live event, like events of board games where you can... It's like a board game there's bar. There's been three there's, or four, four, three of them. You've been to four, but right. one of the first one was private, just so like a beta thing. They have a collection of board games that they own, and they bring them to. Uh, they've been at coffee shops, but they could go anywhere. They're mobile, so they could do it, you know, any place. But they've been at coffee shops. They they open for let's say four hours. They pay the coffee shop a certain amount of money, and you can come in and you can pay five or ten dollars and pay and play all these board games which you wouldn't have an opportunity to otherwise um so that's just another avenue that jake's and his friends are creating in sort of the creating an an environment that's where that really thinking about that stuff came from because the man is is crazy it's like natty was really feeling like natty is one of the buddies that i'm starting it with and he he was really feeling like beaten up over the first public one we did. And he's like, man, I thought there'd be more people here. I've been, I was like, and I was like, I know that you, I know you have plans, like years plans. You know, you, you, I know you see what you want this to be, but right now we're building it and stuff's like time. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't say what you want. If this wasn't a failure tonight, I, I've never seen like my mom and my brother and my sister-in-law sit down and just like play a game together. You know, and it's like that, that is huge. And it's like those moments are, you don't know how many are happening when you create an event, create a space, even your concert, you don't know what moments happen there. You know, it's just, you, you were the conduit, you know? And, and so I think, um, man, those are, those can be powerful. And, and if you have people here in Joplin or wherever you are, if you're listening to this, um, that are, are making things happen, or if you have an idea, I'd say just go for it because, People ultimately want to see you succeed, and um, they it might be part of it too. Yeah, and they and they might want to jump in and help you, and and maybe they don't. But um, if you really believe in it, it, it will absolutely be worth it. So yeah, yeah. And to kind of transition is to to wrapping up. I think that's a good a good place, and and I think too like we're not really sure what the future of this podcast is going to be yet. Um, we're still figuring out. We've got episodes written, ideas. Um, we're gonna do what we can to make it, um, available and, and accessible. And we're kind of building this thing as we go too. like, we, we might all have visions of where we want this to go or what we want it to be, but, um, it's in a building process. But, uh, if you're listening to this and you're from Joplin, I would imagine a lot of our early listeners are probably going to be, um, hopefully you connected in some way with what we talked about. And, um, if not, that's okay. If you found it interesting, let us know, um, it's not for you anyway. It's not for you anyways. We don't care. We don't care at all. But um, we do care about helping the local environment. So if yeah, you have absolutely. an idea of something, if you have a, as these episodes go, you'll kind of see more of the stuff we're going to talk about. We have an episode coming up about uh, binge watching. We're going to debate the topic there. We're going to talk about our favorite movie going experiences. We're going to talk about. Um, uh, nostalgia in media. We're going to talk about dreams. We have a really cool episode about dreams that we're going to do. Um, and so we have a lot of different ideas, but if you have some ideas that you would like to hear, um, our perspective on maybe a perspective that you relate to, let us know, drop a comment, like, and subscribe, smash that like button. We don't know if there's a like button yet, but (laughs) smash it, please. You're on Um, Spotify, smash the subscribe. I don't don't know know if you can get podcasts on Spotify or not, but we're going to figure it out. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. If you were listening, um, it's not for you. Don't care if you were, but thank you. Um, roll the jingle. Roll the jingle. Signing off. This is Peyton. Signing off. This is Jake. Signing off. This is Wes. Is that our thing? Is this how we're going to end it? It Roll the jingle! And cut.